The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 11, where we chat with Jody. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, so Jody, who are you? Um, I'm Jody. <laughs> uh, I am a Milwaukee resident, um, Illinois transplant. I hope nobody judges me for that here because you Wisconsinites <laughs> are pretty picky about who you <laughs> let in and who you call your own. Um, but yeah, I need to see your passport. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Milwaukee for like 10 years, so I feel like it's my city now. But um, I'm a mom of two super awesome kids, and I have a small business. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about your identity? I would say um, I'm bisexual. Um, I've been, I guess, identifying as poly for probably five years, but like mindset-wise forever. Um, And I've been married twice. First, I was married to a man who now is a woman <laughs> and then I've been married to a woman who's still a woman okay. <laughs> as far as I as far as she said <laughs> what would you say drew you to polyamory well I would say that I've always been super interested in people and just getting to know people on a more on an intimate intimate level and I always felt like I connected with people super easily and I, when people would talk about that and I didn't know what the name was or, like, I didn't have anything, I was like, well, yeah, like, it just didn't seem, like, wrong to me. It just seems, like, awesome. And so, um, yeah, I guess I just always, and I love being in love and especially, like, the early stages of relationship where you're getting to know people and get to know their, like, cute little proclivities and such. Um, so that sort of delights me. And I don't know, there's, like, what else are you going to do? watch TV, like watch more TV. Like, I don't know. It's just fun to 
way to live. Yeah. It's know people. So what does polyamory mean to you? I was just at brunch with a bunch of my, like, monogamous girlfriends and listening to them talk, and it was really funny. And, like, I kind of surround myself with like-minded people, so these gals I haven't seen in a while, and I love them a lot. But I sort of, it was like, I can tell you what it isn't to me. (laughs) (laughs) But they were kind of, no, they were kind of, it was just cute because... I was listening to them talk about their husbands and, like, different things that have been going on. And I'm just like, oh, geez, this is way more complicated than it's co- than it is for me, like, how I live. So I just thought it was funny. But um, basically, I just like the fact that, you know, if you meet somebody, it's not, um, like, totally off limits to get the, to know them on a deeper level just because why? Because I'm married or because I'm, you know... Um, I don't know. It just just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, wait, what was the question? But <laughs> <laughs> just having that ability to um, go deeper with people if I want to, and um, it's been it's been super rewarding. And I can't imagine going back to um, being monogamous. Okay. So. Is there anything in particular you find difficult about polyamory? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could you Um, say a little more? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, it's always a scheduling thing and what's going on, you know, this weekend and who's, you know, whose day is it and does it fall on a Monday or a Friday and like, what can we negotiate? And it's a lot of communication and negotiation. It's definitely, um, you know, it's a lot of emotional energy that you put into making sure everybody's um, feeling valued and it can be a lot, but it can, it's a lot in a a good ways too. Um, But I think too, you know, having, having the girls, I have twins. And so um, I wasn't sure exactly, you know, how we would talk about that as they got older or when we would have to talk about that um, and like how that would work. And now, especially when, my partners have all had kids in my, you know, school age kids. So having to, um, incorporate them into our plans and how we incorporate them and when and how much, how deeply and what do they get to know and not know all that can be sort of a lot to work out and complications, I guess, that other people don't really have. Um, although I don't think complication, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just another consideration uh, and you know, it's funny cause those girls I was with, they're like, I can't, uh, I can't deal with one man. Like, <laughs> I, you know, so I think it's just, you know, there's a lot of, um, just who's picking up who and how many seats do you have in the van <laughs> and how many, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I have a minivan and it's like, not like, what am I going to like a commercial grade? <laughs> I don't know, like a bus. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, I have multiples and then, you know, so, and then it just becomes like you're a bus and you've got snacks and you're like, who brought the snacks? So, yeah. That sounds just like being a parent to me. It it basically is, yeah. Yeah. And getting to know, I mean, because it's like hard enough to figure out the mysteries of your own child's tantrums, but then it's like, you know, more mysteries to un- uncover um with my partner's kids too so um but yeah a lot of you know who's sleeping where and you know it's like you're a project manager with dinners become bigger and you know stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. I, I like the term project manager I, I always think about like the um emotional labor that most moms do that usually a lot of other people in the family don't necessarily do Mm -hmm. and how you are a manager of the house and it's that is a job and you forget that like no just organizing dinners knowing what we're gonna go and eat tonight knowing what we're the you know do i have enough clean forks yes (laughs) Uh, when are the doctor's appointments Uh, yeah is the house clean yet do we have dishes are we Mm -hmm. out of milk yeah. Yeah. Who's um, allergic to milk? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh yeah. God, yeah. And that's yeah, that's kind of stressful. That's a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. It's always on us. <laughs> yep, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when did you first know that you were poly? 
Mm, well, like I didn't have words for it, but I would say, I mean, pretty much right away, you know, I remember being like, I had a, I had a boyfriend pretty much throughout the same boyfriend throughout high school. And he was a total weirdo, a delightful weirdo like myself. And, um, you know, we would talk about other people and not get jealous. And I felt like he was a kindred spirit in that way. I mean, we would get jealous, but it was, it was okay and acceptable and fun and encouraged. And so I think like that early relationship for me, and we just kind of were lucky that we were kind of the same that way. And then as I had other relationships, I was like, okay, you know, so I just kind of, I don't know. Um, I mean, I've definitely, I just didn't have a word for it, but I would say since I would have romantic feelings. Sure. When did you um, actually identify as Polly? I would say probably like shortly, like after my girls were born. Um, They were probably one year, probably one, five years ago that I started, Mm -hmm. you know, meeting other people like me and sort of reading the classics and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, building my vocabulary and be able to articulate my feelings and spot patterns and things. And, um, yeah, so, but I can't really remember what it was like before because it's, like, (laughs) normal now. I love the vocabulary building thing. Like, that's definitely part of my story, too, Mm -hmm. demanding the vocabulary lesson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and hearing a lot of people's uh, stories during this, you know, all of these podcast episodes, a lot of people are like, I read all of the books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even before I started identifying, I had to read all of the books. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. so familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there a time, I guess you kind of touched on this, but a time you felt different, um, from other people, just in general? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of my MO. I've always been the black sheep of my family, like a more conservative, you know, kind of like Catholic, um, patriarchal structure. Um, And so, I mean, I've always just sort of bet everyone would roll my eyes about what was I like into these days, you know, ever since I was like probably 13 or so. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was always, you know, I didn't, like, baptize my children or, you know, like, all those things that, like, they get so mad about. Like, I love my family and they've come a long way, but I definitely have always been, you know, the non-traditional thinker in the family. Sure. Yep. So, where would you say that you are on your poly journey? Well, I would say... It's funny you should ask. I would say that, um, like, I guess I don't want to be, like, super emotional. I might be ovulating. I don't know. But, like, (laughs) I really, no, I really, I'm super happy. Like, I really have found, like, I think some really healthy, like, relationships and not just, like, one, but, like, more than one. And so I just feel like, you know, this is, like, all the stuff, like, I'm actually able to apply all the things I've been learning and um, just, like, really follow my instincts and just not really care, not really have to consult anyone except for Lindsay sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um, about stuff. You know, I'm just more comfortable and confident in my decisions and going with, you know, with my heart. And I feel like I'm super proud about that um, because I still struggled even, like, in recent years with, you know, am I doing the right thing, like, for my kids? Like, is this... How is this going to affect them? How are they going to create memories? How is this going to um, shape the way that, you know, they live their lives and how they love others? And so I, like, am really careful about making sure I'm feeling good about all those questions. Are you out to your kids? I'm yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, like, have they expressed opinions about anything in the realm? <laughs> oh, well, yes. They have opinions <laughs> about everything. Um, yeah, no, they think it's... You know, they think it's cool. Like, they think it's really fun because they have, like, a lot of people that care about them. And, you know, like, obviously, these people know. I mean, these, my partners know, um, like, how hard it is to be a parent and their parents, too. And, like, you know, so it's not like they weren't, they they were sort of, um, I don't know. Like, they've, 
they've gotten my go ahead and get to know my kids as much as you want because you're awesome and I know that even if like we don't aren't always like romantic or whatever it'll be good you know mm-hmm. so I feel super comfortable with them um, in my kids life so it's been cool and they have more people to watch them do dance routines more people to you know make pictures of and you know yeah get attention from Mm -hmm. Uh, Where do you hope your poly journey to go? I don't know. You know what? I have goals for everything else, but I don't know why I don't have goals for this. (laughs) I I mean, I I guess I just, I'm kind of a hedonist, so I just like to have a, like, I just want to squeeze as much, you know, fun out of life as I can. So I don't see that really ever changing. It's kind of been what works best for me. Um, You know. I'm open to meeting new people always. I just can't stop talking. I'm always chatting with people, so I always am meeting people. And, you know, um, I guess. I mean, what other goal? What, what do people kind of pe- – what goals do other people have, I guess? A lot it's of been very individual, I think. Yeah. Like where people are in relationships. And, you know, uh-huh. people are in different places, right? Like they might be very happy or they might – Okay. I'm, like, totally blissed out on life right now. You know, no, it's not perfect, but – I mean, yeah, some people have talked about like working on issues that they are going through now. Um, just um, in our last episode, they talked about, uh, yeah, I actually, I, I have a one that I th- I'm thinking of. I always ha- like, I'm noticing that, you know, I like care a lot, like what my metamors think, like, well, what does she think of that? You know, like, I want to somehow reconcile those feelings of, you know, I mean, obviously, especially if your children are spending time. You want to know that they're in a safe, healthy environment and they're, you know, they're your babies and you want to know what's going on over there. (laughs) And so, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, I think we had an issue where it's, it's not really that serious, but my child like had this geode and like pretty much put a huge dent in, in their kitchen table. And I'm like, OMG, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So it's like. And I was like, oh, my God, what are you? Like, I was so worried about it. Um, Yeah, yeah, but, like, I don't know, just whatever. Shit happens. But I just want to be more at ease with my partners, especially, like, primary partner. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an interesting dynamic. With your partner's primary partner? Yeah, like, just making sure that, Mm -hmm. like, they know, you know, that, you know, their kids are happy and safe and having a good time. And, you know, because everyone parents differently. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm, like, respecting their parenting's, you know, dynamic and how they, you know, discipline or, I hate the word discipline, but, Like, whatever you know, the rules are. Yeah, how they, like, it. enforce the rules and, um, you know, different families have different things. Like, my kids, for example, they can eat snacks, like, whenever they want, as long as they're the approved snacks. Mm-hmm. Some people, they don't want their kids just eating whatever, you know, they have restrictions. So it's little things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be mindful and respectful of everybody's preferences. Right. And that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Because then figuring out the balance between how do you manage your kids the way mm-hmm. your kids expect to be managed while they're in the company of other kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's other drama, like interpersonal drama with the kids sometimes. It's really interesting. Oh, totally. Yeah, because yeah, they have little personalities mm-hmm. now. That they're like and there's talking. group dynamics that sort of emerge, and it's... It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So why, if you talked a little bit about this, um, mm-hmm. but, but why would you say that you are poly? I guess I've just kind of always been like a, a rebel, maybe a little bit. Like I don't, if something doesn't make sense to me, I will fiercely try to buck it because I just can't, you know, drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and so, I mean, I would say that. I'm just curious about life and I have kind of curated like ideas and made my own, you know, like moral code and I just sort of do what feels right to me and it just, that works. That's sort of the same thing, I guess. Um, it lends itself nicely. And I really just got to a point where, um, I was like, okay, like, is there something wrong with me that I like? am interested in other people like you know you really go through that and I don't know there's nothing wrong with me I just love people and and that's okay you know and it really made sense when I had two kids and I know this is probably cliche maybe or others have said it but it's like I love my kids like equally and 
differently and at the same time and every day and it's not confusing and it doesn't you know I mean it is confusing but not you know and it just kind of like resonated with me like okay yeah that's this is totally like me this makes sense I don't think we've had very many other parents on and I might be the only other person who's had more than one child Right, Rob is so, the only other parent, I think, that yeah. we've had on. Okay. So, so, no, nobody's made that point. You're the first. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, okay, cool. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, well, and then uh, we have one question before we go into, like, your topic that you want to cover specifically. But why did you agree to be on the podcast? Um. Well, I think that, you know, Polly has sort of been, like, a buzzword lately. And, you know, if you are, like on any sort of dating sites, it's like you're realizing that people, they don't really understand what that means and that it's not just like you sweep, swipe this button because one time you wanted to have, you know, sex with somebody else. Like they don't understand. And so I think like strong representation should be made in, um, you know, just some, some clarity. If I can shed any, like be helpful to other parents, especially, um, because this isn't something I don't have a ton of, you know, uh, poly parent friends. And so it's kind of like any other community you want to have resources. And, um, you know, if I can share my experiences and help somebody, you know, be more comfortable with who they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that means coming out to their kids or coming out to their parents or coming out, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, um, I think coming out was easier for me because I've already come out, you know, as bisexual and had to go through, you know, um, non-traditional methods to create my family and to protect my family with all the legal rights that people enjoy as heteronormative couples. And so I've gone through that and done all that, which was a lot harder for me than you know, than coming out as Polly. Yeah, so I, I totally, I mean, the high, I, so I, gave, I just gave you a high five. There was a high five. Um, because that is something like, like I also, like my ex is a woman we were married for 11 years. I mean, not legally married. We, we are legally divorced, but we're, not, we're never legally married. Okay. <laughs> and we did, you know, also all the medical excitement of how you get babies when you don't have a readily available source of sperm. Right. Like, it's complicated, it's crazy, and we were monogamous. And ex- sometimes very inexpensive. Super expensive. Oh, it's <laughs> so crazy. Yes. Yeah. And you know more about your cervical mucus than you ever <laughs> thought you would know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. And, like, yeah. become so comfortable talking. Like, oh, it's not egg white yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, unless you bet it's hard. It's a special club, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly yeah, is. yeah. One of my fondest memories of the process was um, uh, my partner and I, who later became my wife, were doing the whole, the shots, the, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't remember, Lupron and all these different, like, sounding like yeah. alien spaceship but, names yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, it was the 4th of July, and, like, that was, like, the bit, like, right before the egg retrieval, you have to use, like, this big, fat one to make your ovulation happen. I don't know, whatever. So, it was, like, she was trying to, like, stick me in the butt on the 4th of July, like, as these, like, fireworks are going (laughs) off, and I'm, like, literally about to lose my shit, and I'm not drinking because I'm trying to conceive, so there wasn't any of that. I don't remember yeah. the question again, but... That's okay. That was a great story. Okay. <laughs> I think we were just... I was just relating. Yeah. I was lucky enough to have Oh, we were saying so that it was yeah. easier for me to come out because I had gone through all that. Because, like, you can't really hide, you know, when you're trying to conceive and you're, like, just like a regular couple. It's different. You just have right. sex when you go home. Like, you don't go in the middle of the day to have an... IUI and to get somebody's (laughs) donor number or some kind of thing, your test done or blood tests and yeah, right. The ultrasound, the The dildo dildo cam. cam. (laughs) Yeah, the dildo cam. Like, oh, not ripe yet. No No shit getting some or no shit sperm up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it is a crazy experience, but it's true. Like Mm -hmm. your kids never get to think like 
I wasn't wanted yeah. or maybe oopsie, right. nope. Right, right. There was yeah. a Petri dish and a pipette. There were several people. It was <laughs> right. not... It was kind of a big deal. A straight couple that has fertility fertility issues, issues, yeah. You may or may not ever tell your kids. After that that whole, um, you know, experience, I was like, okay, if I could do my life all over again, reproductive endocrinology is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and very lucrative. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Great plan. I'm sure. All right. So I think um, probably we want to go to the topic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the topic that you've chosen uh, is is being poly while having kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything in particular you wanted to cover when it comes to that? We have obviously gone over a couple things already, but um, what makes that different than being... I mean, I guess you weren't ever poly single, but... Just no. From, uh, I would say that, like, obviously... The more schedules you add, which include like your, the schedules of your children, and this, then the schedules, of course, of your partner's children, if there are children, um, it just it's like a lot more details. So it's a lot more, you know, it's just more of what we're used to doing. So, um, you know, there's um, a lot more transporting of bodies and <laughs> just, um, I don't know, and I guess just the dynamic between the relationship of you and your partner's kids and how is that going to look and you know based on their age and what how open they are with their kids and so it's just um I think it's a lot harder to not be out if you have kids because mm -hmm. a they're super observant people right and you have no idea what they're going to say or to whom Mm -hmm. and there's no way to stop that and sort of and that's why I think there was another thing that happened sort of, um, that made me think about, um, like just awareness and awareness, even if you're not, um, you know, you don't identify as poly. Um, so my girls both are super smart and talented. Um, but, um, one of them had like a speech issue, like not a speech delay, but like trouble enunciating certain letter sounds. And so she had, um, received like an individualized education plan, which was really helpful for her to get her where she needed to be with her speech. And, um, one of the things I learned is that, um, when they're getting supportive services, especially speech, how they assess your child's progress is through conversation. And so they learn a lot more about your kid than <laughs> other, you know where I'm going with this, don't I you? I have some ideas where um, you might be going with this. So no, but I'm very, I really, really appreciate I love my children's school and um, the people who work there. And, uh, you know, I have no complaints. However, um, because of, um, you know, our family dynamic, there were some concerns that were brought to my attention by um, this uh, very sweet and well-meaning teacher who was wondering why my child was, you know, talking about her two moms and then her sperm dad and her (laughs) mom's boyfriend and her, you know, and what's going on in this house. (laughs) So she was concerned. So I asked her at first, my reaction, I was pissed because I was thinking, I was feeling defensive. Not pissed at your daughter. No, of course not. Pissed at the teacher for sort of jumping to conclusions or what, or sort of, you know, I didn't want her to, um, you know, get unfairly scrutinized or judged or whatever by her supportive therapy person or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of asked her. I, it was sort of like, well, realize that, you know, this doesn't fit within her realm of normalcy and her social construct doesn't include this sort of arrangement. So she's in, in, you know, with a good heart and a clear conscience saying this, you know, red flags. And so we just had some pretty frank conversations about, um, you know, yes, <laughs> this is actually really, you know, this is really going on and, and kind of explaining the family dynamic. But I got to reading and researching a little bit about that. And, you know, it's important, I think, for people talking to kids, especially in a more urban setting like ours, where there are blended families and there's LGBTQ families and you know, there's exactly. And that's part of the reason why we chose the neighborhood and chose those schools. But still, 
I think this is the one sort of relationship that isn't quite, it's not quite understood. And I understand, and I'm empathetic and to that. I think still even challenges with being out as a LGBT. Exactly. Parent, even if you're in a monogamous context. Exactly. Yep. That's so true. And so, um, you know, I just, I think it's really important. One of the things that, um, I stumbled on was, you know, they're there to be, more inclusive, asking kids questions like, tell, you know, instead of saying, tell me about mom and dad, you know, what's your family like? And listening that way, you know, and looking for like mental health indicators or any red flags through that way instead of, you know, hey, no, you don't fit this flow chart. So there's a problem, you know, but it, it made me sort of, I guess I've been lucky that this was the only issue that we've had up until now. I have pretty... I haven't had anybody say it could be confront confrontational or anything about it. Um, but I realized then that this isn't probably the first time we're going to have these conversations with school, with people at school or people in, you know, the choir or whatever other activities that they're doing and who's this person. now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's some water, water cooler talk going on, but (laughs) you know, just, Bringing awareness, I think, is important and giving a voice to parents who tend to be poly, you know. I don't know. I don't think that there's, like, there should be, like, more resources available or more resources to be heard, I guess. I think it will probably be more common uh, as, you know, like, time progresses, but even, I mean, and we have people in the poly group who are teachers, you Mm -hmm. know, so, and if if they talk to one another at all or are out at uh, work at all, you know, maybe the teachers will come to realize that this is a a really prevalent thing and then they'll Mm -hmm. understand the parents more and vice versa or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably hopefully getting better, but there are still so many conservative school districts and and that can be rough. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's also a certain, I I feel a moral obligation and I get Mm -hmm. the sense that you do too. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have these conversations as directly as I can at school mm-hmm. in the hopes that it's going to be easier for the next people. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, if that means that I have to, you know, really go and specifically come out to mm-hmm. a teacher, you know, come out at parent-teacher conferences, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that on. Mm-hmm. And I want my kids to see that I'm doing that mm-hmm. because I want them to know that I'm advocating for them. But I also want them to know, like, that's what you do. You advocate for people. Mm-hmm. You have a little bit more power in the situation because kids don't feel like they have mm-hmm. any power in those situations. Like, it's your job to mm-hmm. help make it better. Exactly. Yep. I think so. I think that my kids are used to challenging, like, what they learn and, oh, okay, you know, why? Um, but my kids have heard me talk a lot about, you know, when we're watching Disney movies or whatever, it's sort of so obvious what's going on, like over and over and over it's this programming and it's like well wait a second you know that's not you don't have to you know this is you're not you don't have to be beautiful then fall in love and then get married and do this you can do that in any order you want with as many (laughs) not as many people as you want but more than one person if that's what you want you know and I always try to say you know when they'll say well my girlfriend or boyfriend and I'm like wow my kids are pretty they're hearing what I'm saying and they're hearing the language I use and it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More intuitive than we think. Oh, yeah, definitely. So start to ask questions more, too. Like, as they hear other people talk, like, it's all going through some mm-hmm. kind of process. And they know you're a safe person to ask mm-hmm. these questions of. Right. I was actually thinking about something that could be um, not necessarily a negative of, of how, having um, kids in the dynamic of the relationship, but something that can be really painful is a breakup after you are dating someone with children, I just really kind of fell in love with the whole family, not just one person. Mm -hmm. And then the breakup, it wasn't breaking up with one person. It was breaking up with like five, you know, it was really rough. Yeah. And after that, it actually made me cautious of even meeting people's kids because I was so kind of burnt from it. And now having a kid, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't, Think about it as much maybe because she's one and she's right. a baby and she's right. not going to form lasting connections with people and then those bonds will be broken. Right. But 
going into the future when she's kind of like can recognize people and and um, and make connections with them, I I'm worried about what that will look like and how mm-hmm. easily I'll let yeah. her do that because it was so hard. I don't know if you've had an experience. With well, that. not exactly the same, but I actually lost a partner. Mm. Um, he passed away like way prematurely at a super young age and yeah I mean I totally understand because loss of his life but the relationship between me and his children you know they we were seeing each other not only were was I seeing his children every you know a few days but so were my girls and mm-hmm. so you know it was it was definitely made me think about how I handled my relationships and my um you know intermeshing my my kids with my partners and how and when. And I think it just, for me, like just completely frank and open conversations about, you know, I mean, it's, it's easier when, when they have children because they usually want to be as careful and they get yeah. what that means. True. Um, but, you know, having those conversations like pretty soon, quickly, you know, what is, you know, how comfortable are you, like, meeting my kids? Do you want to, you know, um, but I think that I'm definitely more guarded now, Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely am more careful about who I introduce them to and when in the context, um, so I think it just is about your personal comfort level, but definitely that experience for me has made me a little bit more guarded with my heart when it comes to um kids because it's when you love your partner you just just like just like when you have your your partner even whether it's biological or whatever whoever you're sharing your kids with you know you start seeing parts about them and your kids and it just reinforces your love for their parents so like you can't get away from it I can't get away from it Mm -hmm. um and turn it off completely but I'm definitely more aware of it and um, you know, more yeah. careful. So that makes sense. In the monogamous divorce world, they talk about like, oh, you shouldn't introduce a new partner until that you've been together for six months. Yeah. See and that... I don't think that rules like that necessarily no. make sense. But I think kind of the idea behind yeah. like that does make sense. Like you don't want to try to family instantly because it does offer such an opportunity mm-hmm. for heartbreak. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us have the experience of a friendship turns into something that is more than a friendship. Right. right. Your friends have already met your kids. And or... often, like, if you're poly with kids, it's so much easier to have a play date. <laughs> you yeah. know? You're so busy. Well, and... and... Like, hey, well, how about we just all get together? Exactly. Because I don't have to find a babysitter. You don't have to find a babysitter. That's... I was just going to say, and babysitting opportunities present themselves a little bit more easily because, you know, we had something like that go on where we recognized another added bonus of being together. Like, wow, that was easy to find a sitter, right. you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, you sometimes you're scrambling at the last minute to try to make it come together. But, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, but also it's an opportunity and I hate to sound like cliche again about it, but the, you know, kids also have to learn what it's like to experience loss, whether that's, that's death of a person or of a relationship or, and I think you can't prevent it entirely. Right. Mm-hmm. So we just have more opportunities for it to happen because even when you're monogamous, you're not safe from a relationship ending or from somebody right. dying. It's just, there's more, you know, the, just in the numbers, you know, you're going to have more exposure or more heartache, but also more and more love and, you know, so I guess it's part of the whole package. Yeah. Um, when my, when I, my ex-wife and I got divorced, it was super hard on the like that was just as hard as any straight couple in a monogamous context Mm -hmm. but they definitely also suffered a lot when my ex's next relationship changed from being a romantic relationship to just being a friendship and Mm -hmm. it was a big adjustment for them and both of their kids Mm -hmm. and I think probably also I was in a monogamous relationship that was similar to that I'm not currently dating anybody with children, Mm -hmm. and I didn't specifically seek out not dating anybody with children, but it is interesting to kind of think about, like, the dynamics are different Mm -hmm. when you've got multiple sets of children Mm -hmm. figuring out their own dynamics and Mm -hmm. relationships. 
And I think, like, just um, dating other people who are married uh, when you're married is... I don't know why, but I feel like it makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a running joke that I only date married men. Like, <laughs> you know, like, because they're already trained. I mean, you already get, you're like, well, you have to deal with all that home I, stuff. I they feel, yeah, and they're, like, sort of pre-screened by <laughs> yes. another magical woman, you know? <laughs> right. So it's cool. <laughs> and when they're already also a parent, they understand uh, no, I, my, my husband is out on a date tonight. I have the baby. I can't go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. I can't meet at noon for lunch. That's her sacrifice in compromise. Yeah. yeah. And, and if they know, they know. And if mm-hmm. they don't, they're like, Oh, well, you know, can't she just know? And I'm like, I don't think this is going to work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I really strongly felt that after my divorce and then after the end of my other relationship that was with a parent. I, like, I feel completely different now, and it's it's so much more convenient dating somebody without kids because the scheduling mm-hmm. chaos is less a layer less, yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, it's challenging enough. I also have a miserable schedule because I have my kids way more than 50-50, mm-hmm. so there's, that's a whole other layer of scheduling mm-hmm. challenge. Right, well. right, yeah. But I do think there is something to the idea that a parent can relate to the thought process in a really different way. And it was interesting because, you know, um, just yesterday I was at a birthday party, my niece's birthday party, and I had, it was in Illinois. I just had driven there two hours. The kids were super excited, and it was one of the hellish tantrums where, like, you know, as a parent, like, when that's happening, you don't want to, like, add to their frustration and chaos. You're like, okay, like... We're going to, like, take this down and we're going to... But it was just one of those where, like, even with the timeouts, even with the breathers, even with the guy, mindful meditation, <laughs> whatever, um, it just... We had to leave the party. And it was, like, super, like... It was super devastating. Not mean for me, too, but it was like I had to do it, you know? Um, and, you know, it's like I was... I have, you know partners with kids and without or did custody situations are different and I just had to like call my boyfriend with with three kids and like because he'd get it (laughs) like I couldn't explain it to somebody without you know the same like responsibility and having to make those hard calls and follow through with your word and and often I I mean people parent differently but often I will hear from non-parents like oh you just like slap them or something you know i'm like oh okay well we've got a little different style right <laughs> like, eh, wrong yeah. like, all right. just make them eat no it. second yeah, date just make, yeah just make them do yeah something. there's like if they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and you know what i can relate to that because prior to having children i was in the camp of then eat you know then starve i don't care yeah you, i don't like pork chops i don't give a shit <laughs> you know they don't you know but you know and then it's different when they really don't like pork chops and it's like <sighs> yeah eat. Yeah, I guess you have to eat. I guess I gotta make two dinners. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's another thing. Like, it was super cute. I got a Costco um, gift certificate for Christmas, which I thought was, like, super, like, at first I was like, oh, geez, thanks. But, like, it's like, no, I need it now because, like, I'm feeding all these other people, yeah. you know? So, but it's fun. It's, like, my, like, big instant pot's not even big enough anymore. <laughs> with the, oh, my gosh. So, but it's all good. It's good. I would rather do that than, you know, I don't know, go drink at a bar anymore these days. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is more fun. I, I think it is. Like, like Moana and chill, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. And it's also interesting to see... Um, it has been interesting with my partner is dating a woman with a, uh, a five-year-old child and seeing how she parents in uh-huh. a way that like I might, my mind might go somewhere totally different because I don't have a five-year-old yet. Yeah. I don't have a child that can even talk back to me. Right. So when I see something happen, a situation that needs to be resolved in some way, my mind might go, okay, this is how you resolve it. And then they do something totally different and I'm like, oh, and that worked. Okay. Yeah. I will keep that in mind. That right. That, like, that, that was really good. I you get how, you get a more you know. up close and personal view of somebody's parenting style mm-hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise get, you know. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And, and I, of course, you also like 
that child might respond totally different than your child. Well, they absolutely does. So you have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Like, they're this going might to work, raise differently. Yeah. But so it might not work on my kid. Or even just the way things are framed. Um, uh, my uh, metamorph says, like, thank you a lot uh, when she kind of means, no, stop that. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to take that away from you now. Uh, thank you. No, we don't need that. And, um, and so, but it's a nicer way than kind of yelling at a kid to be like, hey, don't touch an outlet or mm-hmm. hey, don't uh, grab that. It's using like a, po- a more positive word for a positive re- reaction or outcome. Right. And I notice it and then I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily like a big parenting tactic probably, but she might have actually thought about yeah. like, I need to do this more often. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are little things. And I think that the more parenting I see, the better it'll probably be for me to kind of live vicariously through them and then see like what works and what doesn't. And, yeah. Especially, and it's sort of a preview into your future. Yes. When your partner has older kids and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> it's really weird. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. My kids are, my son will be uh, 13 this month. And okay. My daughter's 10. And so, you know, everybody I know right now, in particularly in my sort of poly life, if there are kids, they're much younger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also developed conversations, conversation paces between me and Rob, where I'll see a child just like running up a wall with energy, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, um, insane amount of energy and be like, all right, what do we do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is our game plan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we probably won't know until we get there, but at the same time, I kind of want to be prepared. Right. <laughs> about well you know we could maybe do x we could maybe do y at least you've got ideas on tap if it turns out that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we need to make children treadmills (laughs) (laughs) they do have those the the little gym the little um trampolines you know sure that those are brilliant Uh uh-huh yeah that's a good idea a lot of energy Mm -hmm. and all else kind of hold on so they don't fall (laughs) if all else fails i give we have an island and we just i give them the fitbit and i just i'm like okay get up to you know, a a thousand, a thousand steps in there, you know, through the kitchen. That's really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. I want one of those houses where there's a circle. Like we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't have that in our house at all. And I brought the baby pretty much right after she learned to walk to a, uh, like a mom meetup and Mm -hmm. their, their house was built that way where there was a big circle. Like a racetrack. Yeah. And she just kept going in circles. Yeah. This is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you get a, you know, year-long pass to bounce a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just bounce it out. Mm-hmm. Well, is there any other advice you'd like to give poly parents, or maybe people who are thinking about being parents one day? Or who are dating parents. Advice, I would say, just, I mean... I don't know, the same advice I give to any new parent or person who's going to be a, you know, have this new, you know, responsibility or facet to their life is like, they're just like little humans. And it's like, you are too. So just be patient and kind and apply like how, you know, um, how, you know, it's just, you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm always perfect and can be patient all the time, but um, it I does don't know. work a lot better the more of that you can dredge up, though. Yeah, <laughs> and like you just—I mean, I was one of those people who was like, "My child is not going to sit around and watch TV. They're not going to, you know, do this or whatever." And it's like, just try not to be that person. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to be that person, when, you know. And I mean, um, just I guess observe, and I don't know. Just don't be that guy. <laughs> their best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I remember another mom saying, like, there's this parenting style where you only let a kid have, like, one hour of screen time a day. And I was like, oh, is, is screen time bad? I feel like she has, like, <laughs> 12 hours of screen time a day. She's yeah. a baby. She only, she only wants to watch Coco and Moana. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah. So. Well, <laughs> and I've, I've always been a big gamer, so I am delighted that my children are into video games right now. Mm. Because it's just another excuse for me to, you know, to get new games. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love it. But, I mean, you know, just be flexible just like you would with, you know, your partner, you know. And I try not to, um, you know, my one of my partners, home, like, is there, his kids are homeschooled. 
you know, and so my kids are public, are, they go to a Montessori school, but it's still public school. And so just their experiences are different and to be mindful of their experiences too. Um, and be prepared for weird questions and embarrassing stuff to happen. Oh yeah. And just, you gotta just be cool about it <laughs> and just keep going. So yeah. Make sure you have the door locked. Oh, <laughs> that's that's the double check the lock. Be, look where your underwear are thrown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have very small children, so yeah. Um, once they start to ask about sex, I might, or maybe they already have. My kids, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all never forget because it was like they because we had had those talks really early you know, about biology and how they were, how they were, you know, how they came to be. And so, you know, the word sperm is like totally fine. Like, like they were three and they were like, you know, learning about where they came from. Um, but yeah, I think like, so they're like, well, but how does it one day it all clicked in my daughter? She said, so Grammy and Papa and her eyes just like, were like saucers. And I was like, Oh geez. So yeah, it's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there may come a time when they get totally mortified and don't want to talk about. Oh, it. I'm oh, sure. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. That's Definitely. where we are right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I think that um, the only problem my daughter will have is that I might be too open. <laughs> like I'm okay with anything you want to ask, just ask, and I'm sure it'll backfire, and she'll be like super conservative and prudish <laughs> and not want to talk about anything. Yeah, know. yeah. I no, know. I was when I was when I started reading about what other people did. It was, there was some, I don't know who the author was, but it was, like, the best way to, like, make sure your kids, like, are monogamous is, like, like be poly. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah, oh, that's cute. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there's, I don't think there, that was just to be funny, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, if they have to rebel, I know right. when um, my, kind of at that age in which you can't, you start to rebel, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever, uh, was when my parents were going through a divorce. They had divorced, and my mom was dating. So she was out late and she was um, kind of like coming home drunk. And so mm-hmm. she was doing these like stereotypical older teenage things. Mm-hmm. And my rebellion was, oh, fine, I'm not going to drink or smoke or uh, like have sex or do anything. I'm going to be this like straight edge freak mm-hmm. and where all of the people around me are, are doing all of the bad things that teenagers do. Bad. Yeah. Debauchery. Yeah. Like quote unquote <laughs> bad things. Um so yes, yeah, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. They, just, they find a, rate, a way to rebel in whatever way that they find. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's yeah, fun. it was Absolutely. super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I need a nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we wore you out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is very tiring. <laughs> this is a great play date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through our many sound issues and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored, contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com, and if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.